Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have an announcement to make on this show. Tony Finau won this past week. And the guy sitting to my right through a screen accurately predicted it. Now, granted, I, I will, in fact, toot my own horn. I did say that he was going to be like a guy that I picked to win. You did nod your head in acceptance in the full clip. You, which you guys can watch last week's episode uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. But, my friend, you, you, you just nailed it on the head. First, first dub in the book. Is, have we correctly predicted winners in the past on this show? Oh yes, a few times we we took Hideki at last year's Zozo. That's right. That's right. I took Max Homa at this year's Forty Nets to go back to back. Um, I think outside of that, those are the only two. Sophia's wins picked recently. somebody too, I think. Sophia also took um, Homa with me for the yeah. Forty Net. There was another pick. Um, oh God, there definitely was somebody else that I'm blanking on. We didn't get any majors right. Um. We've gotten a lot of we've gotten a lot of top fives, but like wins, we've had we've had probably four or five in show history. This being though probably one of the biggest ones because it was just a wild card event because no one really knew what was going to happen. It was a good field, it wasn't a great field, and yet like Tony V now just dominated. Well, like a four stroke victory, I think it was something something I've seen. Yeah, I want to say it was. Let's see. I want to say it was like a four-stroke win. He finished like 15 under, I think. Yep, he finished minus 16, and then 16. Tom Alexander? Yep. He finished minus 12. There you go. So, Tony Finau, the the big winner. Shout out to KB for getting the beer money right on the head. Uh, is, yeah. it, is it okay to say that Tony Finau like, is firmly entrenched now as one of hashtag my guys? Um, he's always been one of my guys. I've always liked him. Like, yeah, I've always been um, a fan. But, like, you know who, like, my guys are. Like, Willie Z is a my guy. Yeah. Uh, Harry Higgs is just a pod guy. Um, I think, uh, who was homeboy that, uh... Harry Higgs is basically God. Um, who's, who's my Canadian sensation? Mackenzie Hughes? No. Oh, Corey Connors. Corey Connors is yeah, my guy. Yeah, you like Corey Connors a lot. And uh, I think Tony Finau is welcome to the club, my friend. Finau was always third on my list. I, I, I've always liked JT. Um, I've always been on the Homa train just because of the Twitter, um, like, base that he has. Mm -hmm. But, like, Tony, for me, has always been somebody who he's, he was a great putter. Um, he swing he basically gives it a half swing. I think he, he was with, like, Amanda Balionis and, do, and was doing full swings. I was hitting it like 400 yards. Like, he can hit it a country mile, but he's like, oh, well, it's like it's, like it's too wildly inaccurate. And then he, then he also he made a really funny jab at Bryson DeChambeau about, about doing, doing the same thing. But like he still hit the 340. Um, but if Tony Finau isn't already one of your guys, I'm going to give you a reason to make him your guy. We're going to lead the show here. Get in the Resurgence of Tony Finau. Welcome into the Get in the Whole podcast. Steve McAvoy, Kyle Bennett here. On a Wednesday afternoon, a little bit of, bit of a different swing. We had a very, very busy schedule, but we're back here in the, in the world of golf. Not much news to really curtail. We're going we're gonna to preview 
the RSM Classic at Sea Island, the final event of the fall swing here on the calendar. A lot of news of Tiger, a lot of news of Rory. We're going to get all into it. But the resurgence of Tony Finau, he had one win at the Puerto Rico Open in his first 185 starts on the PGA Tour. That was back in 2016. I reported this back when John was, um, was, was with me. Players to win the Puerto Rico Open in the last 20 years, only two players have won an event following their win at the Puerto Rico, and it was Tony Finau and Victor Hovland when he won last year at Mayakoba. Tony Finau now has three wins this calendar year, dating back to last season. He went back-to-back at the 3M and the Rocket Mortgage, and now he's won here in the 2022 calendar year. One win this season, three wins overall during the year. He has four wins over his last 30 PGA Tour events, which is like, when you think about it, it's pretty crazy. In relation to everybody else, the only other person who matches up is John Rahm from two years ago and Scotty Scheffler last year. Um, No one has that number. And I think, like, Tiger Woods did, obviously, like, in the past. Um, The last time he was top 10, he was top 10 in the world was back at the Northern Trust in 2021 when John and I went to the event, had a massive, like, like hurricane storm. You were on the official PGA Tour social media. We were. We were, in fact. Um, We got all the way there for the third round, watched Finau the entire day, couldn't watch him on the final day. Monday finish, and he won against Cameron Smith. Got into the top 10. He was ninth ninth overall. Pushed back to 12th, and he's finally back into the top 10. And I'm going to propose a question to you right now. If Tony isn't one of your guys, I think he will be now. Has he officially hit the superstar level because Ooh, of his overall ability? Question. When you look at the top 10 players overall, hold on, let me pull up this list. That's to, a to, to kind of give question. you an idea of the official World Golf rankings right now, 1 through 10, obviously Rory's number one, uh, followed by Scotty, Cameron Smith. We're going to take him off of the docket. Cantley. Rom, Shoffley, Zalatoris, Thomas, Fitzpatrick, Morikawa's 10, Finau's 11th. But I think Tony Finau more than deserves the appreciation to be in that top 10. Technically, he is top 10 if you um, exclude Cameron Smith being the uh, the live golf uh, Benedict Arnold he is. But what do we think? Like, I think Tony Finau right now at, at his peak is arguably better than Colin. He's... I wouldn't say better than Fitzpatrick. They're very, very similar. Um, he's a better putter overall than Salatora. So, I mean, I kind of give him the edge there to a degree. But, like, Tony Finau, where does he now sit um, among the top players in the world? It's a great question. Um, thinking about, like, those names that you rattled off. Obviously, like, everyone in the world knows who Rory is. Yeah. A, a lot of people now know who Scotty Scheffler is. Um, Hopefully everyone does. I mean, yeah. You live under a rock if you don't. Um. <laughs> I, I, look, realistically, I'm not going to say he's better than anybody in the top five because he simply isn't. Who was the top five again without uh, without Cam Smith? Rory, Scotty, Cantley, Rahm, and Shoffley. I mean, I'm here. I'm here to play devil's advocate, <laughs> and I might sound dumb. So if I sound dumb to the golf community, I apologize. But you're going to sound dumb if you say he's better. Be- that he's better than any five of those. I'm guys. not saying he's better, but I'm saying in terms of who we've heard more about over the last calendar year because of how well he's played, 
I mean, Tony Finau's been in the the public eye of golf more than John Rahm. Yeah, uh, I can't well, tell you the last time that like me as a casual fan who like pays attention on social media sometimes turns on you know a Sunday or whatever. Like I've certainly heard and seen Tony Finau's name in my point of view much more than John Rahm's in 2022. So Rahm won the Mexico Open now that. That's his last win to date, right. which came back all the way. That was a long-ass time was, ago. That was like May, I think. Um, but over the last three weeks, he's won the Spanish Open. He won the PGA BMW in Europe. So it's really been like European stuff. But he's still at that that overall peak being that, that they were um, OWGR events. I would say in the media, he's more high-profile and more talked about than Xander because – Outside of Xander's win at the Travelers, he has not been able to finish top five in a single event, in a single major big-time event since the, since the 2020 Masters. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's been teetering. He's been very good. He won He won Olympic gold. Good for him. But in terms of the last 18 months, I would put Tony Fina with four wins over Shoffley with one. I would even probably put him over Zalatoris. Yeah, his first, his first tour win at the FedEx St. Jude in the playoffs was huge, but he's still a bad putter. Um, he's basically he's taught everyone to ball strike his way to wins. Where Fino can at least get his way through, through, an all, through an all-around game. I think if you pit Zalatoris and Fino one on one out of ten times, I think Fino will win seven times. It's very there. It'd be it's, pretty it's electric. Slight. It's right there. Um, I think JT's underrated at seven. Fitzpatrick's underrated at at eight. Morikawa is underrated at nine. And look, Morikawa has, hasn't been able to putt the broad out of a barn um, in the last I don't know thirty events. So, I think Tony Tony Finau, I think in the grand scheme of like you know when you're you're doing like a ranking or something, which uh, I'll be talking to Steve about something YouTube content potentially. Oh, hello! Uh, very soon that popped in my brain last night. Late night thoughts. Um, late night talking. Sorry. <laughs> uh, More higher I, I think I think Tony Finau is in that rank level of like Willie Z of Colin like. In terms of just like we're talking about him and he's performing and he's winning, like he's in that tier. And the only tier above it, I would say, is like the Rory, the Scotty Scheffler right now, like yeah. the those top you know pantheon names. And obviously, you're gonna throw in the the wider scape of like all timers, like you're gonna throw Tiger in that top tier and everything like that. But I think right now, Tony's in like that that one A tier simply like performance based yeah not only the fact that he's just fucking cool too he he is really cool he gets and, swag mean, points out the ass from me uh well uh he do you remember when he wore that really ugly nike pink and brown like yeah but sweater? he's the only person that could pull it off and that's what makes it cool i think it was only funny because when i looked it up on the nike store it was on clearance <laughs> I'm like this guy definitely like didn't know what to wear. Went to like a secondary store or like the night. Yeah, we were we were at Eastland when when he was wearing yeah. that. I think. Yeah, I, I, I was like, what was that? The, that was for for the Masters. That was Masters weekend. I'm like yeah. he was definitely like down in Georgia. Like he probably got, got like coffee on his polo that morning. I was like, fuck, I don't I don't have another like thing to wear. Could have gone to Nike and been like, hey, like, can I get a polo like shipped here? For like the overnight for tomorrow, he was dripping he in that happens. though, and he and, and he went to like Dick Sporting Goods in the clearance rack, pulled it right off, and he got himself. That was the Nike Neapolitan sweater. <laughs> oh my 
my god, it's so true too. But he's the only person on the PGA Tour, in my opinion, that could pull that off. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think that that thing. Is Anyone funny. else that tries to put that on looks like uh, the kid from a Christmas story putting on the the bunny pajamas. Not to mention, I do think that like his. Um, I think what like as a player, as diverse as he is now, he's. I don't think he's African American, but he's Samoan. So I don't know if he's black by by race, but he's Samoan, so he's Pacific Islander. He's so unique in that sense because he's one of he's basically one of one. He is Tongan and Samoan. What is Tongan? Tongan is the, 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 definitely an island in the Pacific. I can almost uh... guarantee that. I just don't know where. Yeah, it's like the it's uh It's like kind of near Hawaii. All right, all right, yeah. All right. So overall, Pacific Islander, like he's one of one in that sense. There aren't many um, Pacific Islanders that aren't like truly Asian. When you think about it, can you name so, uh, Tony Finau's two famous athlete cousins? Oh man, famous athlete cousins. It's two of them. They definitely play football. One plays football and is retired. One is a NBA basketball player. Played football. All right, hold on. The, the one in the NBA. Does he currently play in the NBA? I believe so. Like active NBA player. Uh, he played last season. Uh, he's currently a free agent. All right. Um, there are only two Pacific Islander football players that I know of. One was Haloti Nada, and the other one is Danny Shelton. You got the you got it on the first one. Haloti no Nada is his cousin. <laughs> All right, that's already an elite uh, athletic family. I don't know a single Pacific Islander basketball player. Jabari Parker is Tony Finau's cousin. Jabari Parker. Oh, what a family! Um, I'm actually now looking at his. Uh, his Wikipedia, he's also a Mormon. Yeah, I just saw that too. He goes that. to church with Bryce Harper, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Tony Finau. He's like, from Utah. Oh, he is? Yeah, that's what it says. Right, that's then, where he was born. That would make sense. I would love to see Tony Finau star and star in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Ding dong. My name is Elder Finau. We, we should do that just off pod or something content wise. Cast the Book of Mormon with Mormon athletes. Can Zach Wilson be the lead? Like <laughs> Beware of everyone else everyone else, beware of your mothers. Zach Wilson in like in Uganda, just hitting on all the moms. Then you have Tony Finau trying to actually profess his faith. Um are there any gay Mormon athletes? Cause there there is the one guy in that uh in that play good question. who who like who well, what's the one song? Um, it's like, oh, uh, it's, um, turn it off when they yeah. like, talk about like like suppressing your your gay thoughts. Oh my Crazy. god, that play is ridiculous. Yes, like like oh like over the top. If it was written, if it wasn't like grandfathered in as like an already like known wrong to show, it would have been canceled in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But also, it makes sense why the guys from South Park would have uh, would have arbitrarily wanted to make this. Um, but yeah, so Tony Finau, he's been on a total, total resurgence. And uh, 
to get off tangent here, I think he's absolutely considered a top 10 golfer in the world, and he should be. And the fact that he's like barely outside of it is kind of ridiculous. Um, again, he'll be at the Century in January. He'll probably play in the Hero World Challenge with, with Tiger. And we'll most likely see another large-scale performance from Tony Finau and hopefully something even bigger. With that being said... Can Tony play for the... Can he get the, the creature crown? That's That's the next thing. I mean, if he does, he 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 might be like 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 the number one golfer in the world, easily. And, we got we know. gotta find a company that is willing to sit down with us and help us design an actual creature crown. Trophy smack, please. <laughs> Let me know. With that being said, there is a creature that's on the prowl, and he's he's coming in very hot. Tiger Woods. Is back in the game of golf. Return of the Cat. Such a banger of a song. And you know what else is back, Steve? What? Merch. Underground Sports Philadelphia merch is back. By the time you guys are listening to this, hopefully our own personal merch will be up live on PHI Apparel Company store. And again, the whole podcast is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company, who provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of golf with their original designs for all. There's no doubt you guys will stand out in the crowd, at the bar, on the course. Uh, And I did get confirmation, Steve. I don't know if I told you this. We will have hats. Oh, no way. We will have hats available. The one thing I've been waiting on for literally years. Hats will be available uh, soon. It'll be shirts first rolling out, and then down the line we will have hats. But, guys, Black Friday... Believe it or not, I was talking at my day job this week, and it blew my mind. The Thanksgiving and Black Friday are next week. Get a jump start on the shopping. Get to going. Support your favorite brands here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And go to phiapparel.co and use our code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order any apparel at phiapparel.co. That's code UNDERGROUND for 10% off at phiapparel.co. The first get in the whole piece of merch I'm putting out is literally just going to be a small embroidered tiger. That's what we need. We need, just we a, need just that. Like a simple Tiger Woods t-shirt. Yep. 100%. Like a, I'm all in. So we have Tony the Tiger, but we have the actual big cat. So Tiger Woods is back in the golf world, has officially announced he will in fact be playing the entire month of December. Now, Kyle, this is, this is important. Santa came early, baby. Santa came really early. And Santa's Santa's kind of balding and has beautiful black hair. Tiger Woods has announced he will be playing the Hero World Challenge, own event. He will be battling for his own creature crown, which is kind of a boss man move. Yes. Like you win your own event, you bring that's, your trophy that you drove to the event and you bring it home. That's some kingpin shit. <laughs> that would be like like elite of the elite. Then he's playing the match, which we talked about it last week. Go listen to... to told told the OG about the match and the, the semantics of it. He's oh, very yeah. excited. Dude, it, it's going to be for freaking lit. Him and Rory, we're going to talk more about Rory and, and Tiger in a bit, but Rory and Tiger, JT and Jordan Spieth. And then he's playing the following week with Charlie, who, by the way, if you haven't seen Charlie Woods play golf in the last like month, first of all, when you saw him last year, he was like like, like this little petite 11-year-old. He now looks like a full ass man. Like he had like he hit the like he hit the um the one tenth life growth spurt. 
and he's now like five foot six, and he hits the ball. He looks like Rory actually when he swings. It's like it's like kind of weird. He has the mannerisms of Tiger Woods, but the golf swing of Rory. It's freaky. And when when Charlie Woods goes to Stanford like his papa, and he leaves after two years, and he goes pro, and he wins his first event when he's like nineteen, and he's wearing the really cool fedora with the funky ass clothes like Tony Finau would probably. Um, we're gonna be like, yo, this guy is like the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. It's freaky. But with that being said, Tiger Woods is playing golf in all of December, and you can watch him in all of your glory every single day because the Golf Channel has said we're gonna they're gonna air every single golf shot Tiger Woods is hitting. Yes. Which is like I might not leave my 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 chair at home for the next three weeks for the for the next. This, three that weeks. is literally the meme where you're chilling and then come forward. It, no, it's gonna be like uh, I, I'm gonna post the meme when Charlie's hit, hitting and the Tiger's hitting. And it's gonna be the uh, the Leo meme with the coffee and the cigarette. And he's like, oh, oh, hundred percent. Uh so yeah, so Tiger Woods is back. Golf I, channels about to be on X Games mode. The, the, there is nothing else I could say say about this except like, oh my god, uh, because like, think the about produce, the producers at Golf Channel are gonna be like the Jimmy Butler meme in the bubble. Dude, they're gonna have an aneurysm. Like, like the, like the second. They're gonna be the Popeyes worker outside at the bench, just like. <laughs> it's gonna be be absolutely ridiculous. But with that being said, too, I want to acknowledge how, like, crazy the comeback of Tiger Woods is, and and it all leads off with an interview with Rory McIlroy this past week, who basically confirmed that Tiger won the PIP for the second straight year. Now, with that being said. I ran through the accolades of Tiger versus Rory this year. And, like, first of all, this this might speak more to, like, how bad the PIP is as a system. And, and it's going to change um, this season. But from what it was, these are, these are the accolades between Tiger and Rory. We're going to confirm, con, compare, compare and contrast the goats here. Get your Venn diagrams ready to play middle school all, all over again. Tiger played nine rounds of golf. Nine rounds. Three majors, four at the Masters, three at the at, at the PGA, two at the Open. In March, he posted a thirty like a twenty second video of him just hitting golf shots with the caption "Progress," and it became it became the most the most retweeted and liked tweet on golf Twitter like history. He attended the BMW Championship, didn't play in it because because he didn't qualify for the playoffs. Attended a players only meeting. Announced a venture with Rory McIlroy over this internet um, golfing league, the TGC. The players-only meeting led to widespread change, thanks to Live Golf, led by Tiger and Rory and and, and Ricky Fowler. And then the only uh, only other thing he did of note was at a interview on Tuesday at the Open, he, he, he shit on Live Golf. That's all Tiger did the entire year. He played nine rounds of golf. Made some remarks about Live Golf, announced a new venture, and, and took some practice shots. Rory McElroy won the FedEx Cup for the third time. He had three wins, two uh, the three wins this calendar year, back to back at the CJ and the RBC Canadian Open. He finished twenty of twenty three events inside of the top twenty. He had two missed cuts and one T thirty three at the Players. He's the only player this year and over the last decade to finish top ten in every single major. He actually finished top eight in all four majors. He became the quote-unquote self-proclaimed protector of the PGA and battled through Live Golf. He announced his venture with Tiger Woods, and he earned over $40 million. And he still couldn't beat Tiger Woods in the PIP. 
Maybe it's more, crazy. Maybe it says more about, about what the PIP stands for rather than, than the actual like uh yeah on on field, but like my god. Yeah, because I mean like when I look back at 2022, which we'll do next month. Uh we're doing it today. Watch out. Fair enough. Sir. Um well, I mean, as a whole, like when you look well, back yeah. on the year and you remember yeah. everything from the calendar year, like I still think the number one moment, and it might be because we were having an event, the the Rory Collin thing, like that is like firmly like rent free in my brain. We're gonna get into that on the backside of the show, and, and you might not like my my take here um, on that because it isn't actually. I'm gonna have it listed. Jeez, that's a that's a. I was, I was an honorable mention. Um, I'm, I'm, I might shuffle it around. We'll say, but no, you're right. Like, but talking about like these moment. two, like these two guys in particular, like, yeah, that's something that like went mega viral. Like, not only on golf Twitter, but people were talking. Like, yeah. everyone was talking. You, when you have Pat McAfee talking about something, you know it's going crazy. Well, well like Rory had that. He had his win at the RBC, and then and then then he critiqued Greg Norman. I was like, oh. I uh, got my 21st win better than somebody else I, I know. Mm-hmm. He battled through like as as the spokesperson for Live Golf against Live Golf while um, Tiger was away and and battling his recovery. So he had this. He he was literally the number one player in the world. Both literally now we photoshopped his face on Jon Snow. Yeah, like <laughs> like nothing else can really be said about how important he actually was this year and the fact and, and the fact that, that that he didn't win is um is kind of sort of kind of sort of preposterous i guess you could say it's kind of wild it's very wild it's like it, it but like you said it, it speaks more on you know what goes into the algorithm for that more than anything yeah but overall though like tiger woods now being back and very deservingly so, like being able to go through the motions that he did and come back and have, like, just in general, I believe the the three most viewed um, clips from the PGA Tour this year was Tiger's first shot at the Masters, Tiger's final round at the Masters, and then Tiger's final round at the Open when he walked across the bridge, gave a little tip of the hat and said mm-hmm. goodbye forever to Sanders. So, like, those like those three moments right there could could probably win you the PIP. Alone. And then honorable mention was when he showed up on that private helicopter plane, just walking out to go to that player's only yeah. thing. No, and he hopped in the whip, and Ricky Fowler was just like, like behind him, like, like, like did Ricky Fowler, who hasn't played like, who's played like Garbo, for, biggest for Batman year. Robin moment ever. <laughs> just an absolute freaking beast. Hi, Mister Wayne. <laughs> it's like, um, oh god, it he. Ricky isn't even like Robin. He's like, uh, it's like Tommy and Dill Pickles, kind of. I like in the All Grown Up series. I'm also thinking like Bob Parr and like Buddy, but like, yeah. Ricky, but like Ricky didn't become the villain. Like he, it's like he, Scooby and Scrappy Doo. I didn't watch enough Scooby Doo as a kid to. to oh, we gotta fix. We gotta, we gotta fix that. My girlfriend ju- just turned me around to watching the Peanuts for the first time, so I. She's on to something. I'm uncultured, very clearly. We'll we'll get you on Scooby Doo. Don't you worry about that. I don't know. I think it's a little too late in the. Uh, I don't think so, time. because like our our age gap for like our age uh, demo, Scooby Doo is like it's it's fully back. Like the 
the, the only, nostalgia got injected into everyone's veins. The only Scooby Doo that I like like remember watching was the movies of Freddie Prince Jr. Fantastic films. Velma was hot in those films. She's now in Marvel. What does she do now? She's Hawkeye's wife. Oh, shout really? Out, shout out Linda Cardellini, baby. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. By the way, saw Black Panther last night. Freaking epic. Amazing. We will talk about that for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the yeah. other side. When we come back, we have some more news. Rory McIlroy's semi-official money count has come in. It's bonkos in comparison to what he made versus Dustin Johnson on his Live Golf Tour. We'll talk Black Panther a little bit of Wakanda Forever or uh, or whatever other joke you want to make about the actual name. Because uh, I saw so many on Twitter. And we're talking about what to see at the end of this year. The top 10 moments from the 2022 season picked by me and critiqued by KB. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back here on the Get in the Whole Podcast. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Get in the Hole podcast. Steve McAvoy, KB, with you. In the world of golf, we have some news on, on Rory McIlroy's official money count, and it's going to blow your effing mind. 
It hasn't been official yet because he still hasn't played. Um, well, there's, there's the event this weekend, which he's not playing in. And then I don't know if he's going to be, be playing in, playing in the hero world. Um, but with that being said, the money count is in for Rory McIlroy. Finishing second on the PIP, he earned $12 million. He earned $18 million for winning the FedEx Cup. $1.7 million for finishing, for finishing in the Comcast Top 10, which is basically the top 10 players in FedEx Cup points at the end of the regular season. And won $8.65 million across 15 tournaments where he made money. With that being said, he made $40.35 million. And to give you an idea, Dustin Johnson, despite obviously getting a $200 million um, blood blood check from the from the live tour um over his eight events made 35 million dollars now granted rory played in 30 events this year to dj's eight but i think rory's proving to everybody that uh you don't have to play live golf in order to make some pretty damn good money now look again number one player in the world um matt kuchar isn't doing that uh kevin kisner isn't doing that usually um, Patrick Reed most certainly wasn't going to do wasn't going to do that. That's why he jumped ship. Pat Perez wasn't going to do it. In other words, Poulter and McDowell and Westwood and all them and Sergio. But if you're a top player in golf, looking at you, Joaquin Neiman and Cameron Smith and Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, you didn't have to jump ship. You could have very well stayed the course. You could have been like everybody else, and you could have made forty million dollars if you really uh, put pedal to the metal. I forget who it was. Um... But I saw a quote on Twitter this week. It might have been Colin uh, saying that, you know, because guys jump to live, it's made the PGA Tour more competitive. It has. It really has. I, I a thousand percent agree with that. Which is like it goes back to whether we were talking about it last week or the week before. Like these two leagues are going to learn to live, no pun intended, uh, you know and do their own tours and do their own things. And it's going to be better for the sport as a whole. Yeah. I mean, like that, look, they're, they're growing almost symbiotically. When you think about it, like they're learning to figure out their differences. They're, they're staying separate. This lawsuit thing is still going to roll around, but mm-hmm. um, that'll happen for years. It's going to be a big filibuster. It's going to be like any like political bill. It's going to just sit around for years and not get and collect dust. So the, the PGA tour did make some rashes decisions and we're going to face the the consequences of those this year and next. And we'll see what worked and what didn't because they, because Jay Monahan acted a little rashly towards the actions of live. But at the same time though, like they did make the PGA tour better. And I do think it's been more competitive. You've seen the higher level names ramp up competition. They've ramped up their actual training regimen. You've seen some very good names win in this fall swing because now more guys want to actually participate full time on the PGA Tour. As of right now, the schedule for the top for the top fifty players in the world have gone from the minimum eighteen to twenty events to now guys want to play thirty events. Guys want to go from the from the European Tour and come play uh, on on the PGA circuit more often more often than not. And also, they want to prove that you can make more money on the PGA Tour and try and attract college golfers. Looking at at guys, the top money list, the top money earners. Uh, on the live tour this year, who played all 16 events? Brandon Grace won 16 million. He actually won an event. Peter Ulane, who didn't win in a single event, made 12 million dollars. Um, but also, like Hudson Swafford made 1.24 million. He made more money when he won the Amex last year than he made the entire year on on live. 
if you can't tell me, if you can't tell a college golfer who's going to go straight from the KFT up to the PGA Tour, like a Cole Hammer or, or somebody, and be like, hey, this is what you can make on on the PGA Tour. If you win one event, you'll win you'll win one point something million dollars, or you can go finish last in eight events. And yeah, it's a it's a smaller calendar year, but you can win the same amount of money in one event as you could in eight. I would go to the PGA Tour. I want to play where play where it's more competitive. It's why players. It's why right now the MLB winter meetings, Japanese players are, are now flooding the uh, the international signing pool for the MLB because it's, because Japanese baseball is not as good at, as the pro game. That's why players want to go to the NBA now more than ever. You don't like why would Luca want to go and play in Spain still? Why did Ricky Rubio want to leave at sixteen? I mean, it makes sense why all these guys are doing it. And alternatively, when you look at, at the Americans going to going to Europe, look at MLS soccer. Talk to the top ends guys. They can tell you right now that you look at, at the United States men's national team roster, and we have guys on FC Barcelona, on Borussia Dortmund, on on Leeds. Shut up, Brendan Aronson. Exactly. Like, like there are elite Christian players. Pulisic. Yeah, exactly. Chelsea. Like there are such elite players playing in the top flights of European football. In American in American baseball and American basketball, like you want to play where it's the most competitive, and also where you're going to get the most eyes. And very clearly, the PGA Tour is dominant to live golf in every asset except for money. And look, I'm not going to dwell on this any more than I have to because we've already talked about the situations between everybody, but like the Harold Varners who did it for the money because hey, he wants to help his kids out. He also comes comes from a unique situation. Golf's a rich kid sport. You probably already had a lot of money. Like the same thing people, with like Matthew Wolf, like he yeah. had a, a unique circumstance that it made more sense for him to go. Yeah, fine, but like for for everybody else, why'd you do it? Um, at the end of the day, Rory McIlroy is proving if you're the, if you're a top player in golf, largely I'm I'm critiquing Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman at this point, two guys who were already top twenty in the world, including Dustin Johnson, who was top ten when he left. Like, why would you do it? Because the PGA Tour simply is just better um, overall. KB I do have a quick question for you because yeah, it just ahead. popped in my head when you brought up like MLS and everything. I know golf has like the golf channel and like, you know, I find it similar. Like NFL has NFL network and yeah. all that kind of, do you think we'll ever see a, a full blown attempt for like a streaming platform to get sort of like rights for the PGA tour? Well, technically golf channel is owned by, is owned by NBC. And you technically do have to pay a streaming service in order to get it because it's considered like not. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like how, cause like the new starting next season, MLS, every game is on Apple TV plus. Yeah. I mean, so they just signed that exclusive deal. Like you have NFL with like Thursday night footballs on prime video, like something well, like, like well, that. So technically, yeah, because NBC already has it. So technically if, if I spend the 70 bucks a year, Right, I can watch every PGA Tour event. I can watch the watch the coverage from nine in the morning until it ends at five in the afternoon. Um, at the end of the day, like I get it. You look at like the MLS or the NFL or anything. Those a sporting event, a co- an average sporting event takes three hours at the most, um, three hours and thirty minutes. Let's just say a soccer game takes an hour and a half. A hockey game takes two and a half hours. Baseball is the longest at, at three and a half of football. Um, golf takes all day. And that's the one thing that I always liked about Live was that was the shotgun start made it a little more intense, and everything ended at the same time. And you and the the stream would be four hours long because an average round of golf is four to four and a half hours. If everyone's playing at a proper pace, 
It's four and a half hour shotgun start, unless you have situations where it gets backed up and next thing you know, it's like five hours. But that happens that happens anyways on the PGA tour. So yeah, like you could pay the money um to get it. I don't think Or even Live. Do you think Live could get like a a streaming platform to buy in? I gotta be honest, like, hey, we're the I, exclusive home to I think Live should never even bother with a with a with a service because they're already streaming it free on YouTube and Facebook, which is something that the PGA Tour can't do. So they're they're actually better off, honestly, because they've even said, Oh, we're not gonna make a profit. So just stream it live. If you want to get angel investors to back you and just throw money at it to do to do other things aside from a television service, then great. Or you know what? The Saudis ha- have enough money. Do like do like what Trump's doing with like uh like Truth News and like make your own thing. Because we'll we'll be talking about it on streamer season this week too. Uh, Netflix is trying to get into the game of getting uh sporting event rights. Not like the big stuff, but there's been talks of them getting like uh like the professional surf league and like that's cool potential like tennis events and stuff like that so it popped in my mind about golf i would just the the one thing that i don't like about current streaming and you could talk about this with dylan i think uh the fact that i can't go on espn plus and watch reruns of the uh the aca is bs you know what might end up potentially streaming service because it's not live yet what Rory and Tiger's uh, Monday Mad- Night Madness. I would not be surprised if like CBS picks that up and it becomes like Paramount Plus. No, 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 no. I would literally go as far as saying like it's the new Wipeout. Well, I'm saying like that would be the streaming platform that it could end yeah. up on, like Paramount or but, something like, I, like, like that. I'm saying if you did if you did an hour long show for for golf and you put it on like a primetime slot or even even like a daytime TV slot. Like a three o'clock to four o'clock, people would watch it. Like it's an hour-long television show. It's a stadium-style event. You you sell tickets to it, and it's gonna be like be kind of be like wipeout or like um they had some like golf uh, yeah, style like thing like stuff like that. But it's gonna be actual professional golf. I think that would be pretty cool that you can actually put it on on an actual platform and show it daily, um or weekly, whatever it happens to be, because it's only an hour long. I think golf as a whole, being as long as it is, it's it's tough to kind of. To, to, to split it out. That'll be on a streaming service. I can almost guarantee you that. It should be. KB, the final event of the fall swing. The RSM Classic at Sea Island down in the Carolinas. There isn't a lot going on, um, to be honest with you. The, field, the field's pretty much set. We're going to talk beer money on it. Um, not a lot of keys. If you want to go and learn more about Sea Island, go way back in the annals. We have a whole entire episode de- devoted to talking about the RSM Classic, but... I want to get your take here on what should we expect this week? What are we looking forward to? Is there any surprises that you might be seeing? Any players you're keeping your eye your eyes out for this week in that final fall swing? And do you think because following this, we're going to have a month and a half long hiatus? Um, the Hero World Challenge is not a uh, PGA sanctioned event. Only, only 20 players that'll be partaking. Um, it's again the whole sanctioned event. It is. As is as is the PNC and everything else, but this is the last PGA Tour sanctioned event where you where you can earn money, FedEx Cup points, and so on. Do you think that this event has any traction um, for over the month for over the month and a half span? Let's say whoever wins uh, to carry this as as momentum with the fact that you have a month and a half off. It's tough. I think the the like up and comers that are in this uh, this field this weekend 
it'll be more of a confidence boost more than a uh uh push forward like momentum wise for them um but i think it'll just it'll give them a chance to soak in a win and not have to you know kind of celebrate it for 24 to 48 hours and then move on you'll yeah. kind of get to celebrate this one uh if you do win not that it's like a massive thing like the masters or the u.s open but like a win is a win no matter what and uh you know for some of the younger guys in this field i think it'll be something that they can kind of you know put in their their batman tool belt and and feel good about i totally agree i don't think it's going to be a um, a high-profile event by by any means. I mean, Sea Island's a really nice golf course. It was listed as one of the top 100 courses to go play um, that you can play. But looking at the overall like, field itself, uh, when you look at the the actual like, odds board, um, Brian Harmon's currently the lead at, at plus 2,000. That's, that's the highest-profile name on the list. And when you think about where he stands and where the top players in the world are, technically the top player in this event is Harmon at 24 followed by Seamus Power at 29 and Tom Hoagie at 36. So no one in the top in, in the top 25 will partake this week, but um, I do expect to see some fireworks. There are some really good names lower down lower down on the board. Denny McCarthy uh, had, a, had a T2 at the Butterfield. is a great putter, but can't really do anything else um, for the most part, at, at the very least. Joel Damon, the, uh, the comic card, is going to be coming in. Keith Mitchell, the visor man. We'll be back in Taylor Montgomery. He's been on fire. He'll Taylor he'll Gang. Uh, Sahith Thagala, Davis Riley, Harris English is going to come back. He, he's been on the, the very slow climb. Um, Aaron Ray, the guy who we made fun of for having um, iron covers and wears two gloves. Kevin Kisner, JJ Spawn, Brandon Todd. There's plenty of good names. Hayden Buckley is going to be around. Um, I'm looking Your boy Trey Mullinax. I love Trey Mullinax. He'll be there. Chris Goddard, which is also a great name. Um, one of those like all-name team guys. I'm yes. looking to see if anybody who is important to us, Harry Higgs will be in the field this week. Ashay Bhatia is going to be in the field. Uh, is Grayson Murray going to be there? I don't know why I always make it look, make it like my prerogative to like see if he's like playing. The last time he was playing, he was a, he was a uh, an early withdrawal. Don't see his name on the list. I'm looking at. Good. Fuck him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just, precisely yeah. that precisely. that should that'll be on a shirt <laughs> is chris and murray playing today no good fuck them <laughs> oh, it's, it's like one of those things it's it's like one of those uh those flow charts it's like is grace and murray playing today yes ah shit no <laughs> good fuck them <laughs> and then no. the yes one it'll be like ah shit well he's not gonna win anyway good <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> KB, we're on the back end of the show here. The with the fall swing ending. Now look, things can happen this week that'll be that'll make this list. But overall, we've had a we've had a crazy 2022 year. I want to give you a little David Letterman top 10 moments. You've been waiting for one of these. Year. I've been waiting for one of these. Um, since I've met Steve, everyone, since he's come on board with us, he has wanted to incorporate a Letterman-esque segment on this show, and I'm happy you're finally getting that opportunity. I mean, it really isn't a Letterman-esque because usually they're like fun play on words and like they're like jokes. Yeah. Um, I always look back to the How Not Your Mother scene where Barney Stinson is like uh, talking about names of names of the car that I would like bang my bang my next like like body in. 
um, the Winnebago. Uh, <laughs> like those will not be uh, incorporated. However, this are this is my personal top ten moments of the PGA golf year. Had some really great moments. I'm leaving off specifically um, for the most part, like wins. It's kind of like a I I left them off for a reason. So like my honorable mentions. Um, Billy Horschel holding out from 50 plus yards for Eagle to ice the memorial. An incredible moment for Billy, but he won't he won't be making it. He won't, he won't be, be, be making it. Um Tony Finau is not making the list, despite him having back-to-back wins, the 3M and the Rocket Mortgage. Uh Tom Kim's first pro win at the Wyndham. On this list, I've only got two, three guys with wins. Uh, and one of them being a major, which I'm, which you really can't like depend against. So with that being said, the top 10, top moments from the PGA Tour season. Number 10, the USA knocking off the international team. This was a – we all saw it coming. I interviewed Austin Hill, the assistant golf pro at Quail Hollow. Uh, he said that there was no way the Americans were going to lose. Everyone agreed with me. Even Ben said it. Um, I said as far as they could win an entire day's worth of points, they came one point short. So – to even just say that in a one-day event where you have five, five or six matches going on was insane. Um, just dominated the international team, and largely was it because of the handicapped international squad because of the uh, the live golf boobers? Yeah, it was, but just a dominating uh, performance from the USA. I don't know if you remember this. Back in February, Jordan Spieth on at Pebble Beach almost died swinging swinging a taking a shot off a cliff, uh, seventy feet almost to his death, managed to. Hit it and scurry the hell away. Uh, that was a incredible moment that I won't that I won't forget. That was just a just like one of those like, like fun things that you're like, oh, like he very well could have like died. Shout out Jordan Spieth. He was on College Game Day this past weekend. He was, and he looked great in that Letterman. He looked awesome. Although, of course, he was going to pick uh, the losers in Texas, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, number eight, I'm pairing two moments, and if if only I had the video to show these, we could probably do it in post. Um, there's not very – there aren't many times that you see hole in, holes in one. I think that I, I, I'm always getting the grammar. But hole in ones or holes in one aces uh, at major golf courses. Two in particular happened at Sawgrass and in Phoenix at the Waste Management. Of course, we already know what happened at, at, at the Waste Management. There was three overall. Uh, Sam Ryder, the beer was getting fucking flung everywhere. Like It was like freaking – it was a madhouse. Um, but Shane Lowry on the 17 that saw grass on the Island green have not seen an ace there in over a decade hold out for the ace. Everyone was going crazy at the players, like a big deal. I, I wanted to put them both together because what, 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 what my number seven is uh, relates kind of to the hole in one um, saga. Number seven was when Harry Higgs pulled his shirt up at, at, at the waste management, just, Showing off the hamburger meat that's all over his chest. It's crazy that that was this year. It's crazy that it happened in February. Like that feels like it happened like five years ago. Like, like, it, like it feels like eons ago. And the guy lost his lost his tour card, which is like the worst like feeling on earth. Uh, number six, one of the first wins here. Um, Zalatoris's first career win happened in the playoffs. The Saint the Spanish Saint Jude at, at TBC South win in Memphis. Um, the Music City was exactly where it should have should have happened for Zalatoris. Ball straight his way. An absolute clinic, a three-hole playoff, and netted his first win, pushed him up to the top of the board uh, for the Fedex Cup title. Unfortunately, didn't win it, of course, because Rory did. But an absolute incredible showing. Finally, after two years of waiting for a Wills Outdoors win, he finally got it back in August. 
Uh, number five, dead in the middle, and I think it's a perfect uh, salute to him, Tiger's return to golf. When he announced he's going to go play at Augusta, when he posted the video in March saying, hey, I'm coming back, uh, had his progress like video, again, one of the like the, mo- the most retweeted and liked video uh, in golf history. Um, this Tiger's return to golf overall was easily a top moment. However, it wasn't the number one moment. Uh, number four, also a win, but also like a string of wins. Just Scotty Scheffler's meteoric, ridiculous February through April. Um, six wins in eight events, including the Green Jacket for his first major, winning at Arnie's Place at Bay Hill, winning the Phoenix Open. Like just all of these ridiculous accolades for a player of his caliber. On top of the fact that we were there um, at Eastland doing our whole live event watching Scotty Scheffler win the green jacket. So like that all kind of just like encompasses uh, the moment there for number four, number three, I mentioned it earlier, Tiger Woods, the salute to St. Andrews after he missed the cut, just like the image of him. Look, it looks like an Abbey road cover where it's just him, the hat off. I'm going to post a, uh, a, an almost Friday like grid of like all the top moments too. So that'll most certainly be one of the top ones that you'll see. Um, He'll know, he's never going to play San Andrews again, ever, unless someone wins like a like a um, an all an all expenses paid trip. To like, oh, play one round with Tiger Woods at, at San Andrews when he's like seventy years old. Um, he will never play. He will never play a professional round at San Andrews ever again, which is like so sad at the home of golf. Uh, number two, for those of you who don't remember when Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open, I'm going to retell the story. He won the U.S. Amateur four years earlier. He stayed in a house with the guest family. He slept in a bed. He wore the same clothes. He did the exact same fucking thing four years later and won the U.S. Open at the country club. The story itself is worthy for me to give him the number two spot, but the actual fact that he did everything and won the same place four years later that he won the amateur is just, like, ridiculous. The the bucktooth kid of Matthew Patrick, who I said Earlier this year, had the most punchable face in golf has become one of those hashtag my guys. So look at that. That's that's called character development, baby. That's something like a like of mice and men shit. Like real like a real grown up story. Uh, and number one, I'm gonna put it lightly. Rory McIlroy shitting on Liv for the entire month of uh, of from June to December. Just this entire second half of the year, Rory McIlroy taking over and becoming the uh, the, protect, the protector of the PGA, winning the RBC Canadian Open. Just demolishing Greg Norman, like I said earlier on the show, uh, and yeah, that was that was it. Those are the top ten moments, in my opinion, from the PGA Tour calendar. Do you have any rebuttals to that? I know the Rory and Colin hole out of the Masters is one of those things for you. Um, I just um, I just don't see where I could put it. Maybe, maybe like nine, maybe, but I think I think the the speed shot at Pebble is just like the scare factor there was just too good. I think. The one above all is us beefing with Grayson Murray. Um, I mean, that that's I Hall gonna, of Fame. That's I Hall was, of Fame level. I was gonna put it on there, but this is specifically on the course. I mean, technically, it transpired onto the course. Technically, yes, yes, he broke his club and went thirteen over par. But like, also, <laughs> we live rent free in his head. Um, We're building hotels. I'm trying to think. Of anything else that like stands out um i mean of course like rory winning the tour championship like stands out but like 
among the top ten list, I wouldn't put it there per se. Yeah, I think I think you got pretty much everything that That'd I can think impressive. of, like off the top of my head. I just I, I don't know why I was just sent this, but I, I was sent a graphic of the twenty of the 06, 07 Cavs roster, and it's so bad. Oh, it's terrible. Zadrunas Ogalskis, what a great player. With that being said, KB, time to end the show on, on a high note. The Arsenal Classic at Sea Island tip, tips tips off, tees off tomorrow. Sorry, I, I have basketball on my mind. I'm going to the Barclays tonight. It's time for some beer money. Brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. We're going to break down to the RSM Classic at Sea Island. Kenwood Beer, the official light beer of Philadelphia. The you want you want the new tagline that is on oh, their website. We have a new tagline. Yeah, I just discovered this on their website when I was on there. Go get. They also have uh, hoodies and crew necks for this cold weather. Go get them while they're available because their merch sells out quicker than supreme like it goes and when it's gone it's gone uh i will also be asking them when the beer golf uh glassware will be back in stock hopefully soon uh but kenwood beer it's 4.18 percent abv 127 calories 10 grams of carbs light body light calories plenty of flavor the best light beer on the planet go to kenwoodbeer.com and use that all new and improved kenny tracker to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in your area philadelphia only right now but they are working on expanding uh so go to kenwoodbeer.com you got to be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly there you go kenwood beer man Uh, the cult hero of philadelphia low-key yeah and and look you know what despite the phillies losing the world series and despite the eagles not beating the commanders you can still chow down on some candies. We still have a whole half of, half of a football season. Holidays are right around the corner. You should be cracking open candies at the Thanksgiving table, at your your holiday gift exchanges, everything. Kenny's on. You deck. know what? You know what? My my office is doing a white elephant. I actually might just buy a twelve pack of candies and just just say fuck it. Hey, first, uh, you know, Phillies tailgate live pod. Kenwood Beer is on board with us for it, so shout out to Kenwood. Let me know when it is. I'll, I'll pull up. I'll pull April, up. April 8th, 2023. So the Masters weekend. Great. Yes. Day before Easter. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be obliterated. <laughs> Top 20 at the RSM. What do you got? Top 20 looking here. Um, Let's see. Got to scroll up from the place where i was just looking at everybody's names um i'm gonna go with your boy trey mullinax i like the pick very good pick you know this this event um i could have broken this down earlier but uh this is event this is a event notorious for the upsets guys come from so far down on the leaderboard and manage to win these events and i love it He's plus um, 8,000 to win, by the way. Some keys to victory here, so I can kind of give you an idea of who I'm taking here. Um, Shrosky and approach, good drives gained is really important. Uh, Bermuda grass here on this par 70, what is that, a par? Par 70, 7,000 yards, the plantation course, the par 72, so it's two different courses this week. Um, both very similar tree line courses. Average finish should be around 1,900 to 2,200 par. Um, Taylor Gooch won here last year. 
before his climb uh, and then departure to live. So back-to-back weeks, we're not going to see uh, a, a a repeat champion because uh, Coke Rap last week obviously went to live, as did um, Taylor Gooch. Um, every score over, over the last five years has finished between 19 and 22 under par, just so you know. Uh, three straight years, it was 19 under, so we've got a prop bet on tap. Bet bet for 19 under par. That's kind of like where we're sitting at. Um, it's seaside, so approach game is going to be important. It'll be pretty wet. Uh, so the ball will sit up for the most part. Uh, good good drives gain. The fairway is really important. Uh, it's more of more of a predictive stat than fairways gained as well. Bermuda grass is going to be, be really important. The winners of the Arsenal Classic are always really good Bermuda grass putters. So, so, so something to keep, keep in mind of. Um, birdie or better gained opportunities basically to get those birdies or better. And strokes gain on par fours. Um, there's a lot of par fours on this golf course. There are not a lot of par fives uh, and only a few par threes. Technically speaking, based on the model, Tony Finau was supposed to play this week, and he, he actually would have been the number one player um, to bet on. But with that being said, top 20, I'm going to take Kevin Kisner. Uh, there are very few golf courses that Kevin Kisner like, like circles on the calendar. Um, he basically writes himself off for every single event, but like the five courses that he always plays well at, well, this is one of them. Uh, he plays really good at the Wyndham. He plays really good at, uh, at the RBCs. This is the one golf course in the fall swing that he loves. He loves playing in the Carolinas. Kevin Kisner for a top 20 at plus 260 is a really good play for me. Top 10, KB. Kevin Kisner is my top 10. I love it. My top 10 is Denny McCarthy. Uh, again, he puts the ball really well, but he can't do anything else. At the end of the day, though, that's all you really got to do is put it really well. And he's the third best player in the field on the Bermuda grass putting service. Top five, we got? Top five. Um... I'm going to run it back with the Taylor gang, Taylor Montgomery, who's also plus 2,500 to win. Uh, give me Taylor Montgomery at top five. I'm taking this guy uh, to possibly win, but I'm going to pu- also put him here for a top five. He is – give me one second. I'll tell you exactly what what his number is to win this week. It's, like, really, really, really good. It is – uh, where are you? Damn it. I can't even find it. Uh, I'm going to take Scott Stallings for top five. Scott Stallings has the biggest arms on the PGA Tour. Like, he's, like, built like a rock. Um, Like a rock or the rock? No, like, he's, like, he's like a rock. I want to see him arm wrestle our very own Ben Pirro. Because Ben has some pretty massive arms as well. In my opinion, I think he should probably kick his ass. Um, to win, Scott Stallings is he's way down plus six plus sixty five hundred. Win, so pretty good number there. I'll take him though for a fray. top five. Your gimme pick of the week. We both connected last week. What do you got? My gimme pick is just going to be fun, and it just popped in my head when I saw his name. For a top 20, give me the Davis Riley for a top oh, 20. Ow! <laughs> I'm taking three guys for top 30s this week for my gimme. I'm, I'm, I'm going to parlay all three of them, and I'm going to knock them out of the park. My man's going blue eyes, white dragon polymerization on this, John. What? What did you say? You got three blue eyes, white dragons, and you're using polymerization... Bam, about to fuse them things together, have a blue eyes ultimate dragon pick. 
Is that, is that a Yu-Gi-Oh reference? Yes. I'm crying. Um, Brian Harmon, who's the pick leader right now at plus 2,000. Chance Power at plus 2,500 to win. I'll take him for top 30 as well. And Keith Mitchell, who's plus 3,100 to win. I'm going to take all three of them for top 30s this week. You probably it together. That's a nice plus 650 on the bookie. I'll take that to the bank. Not bad. You hit on Tony Finau last week. Winner, winner, chicken, dinner. Are you going to go back to back? Man, it'd be real nice if I go back to back. Shout out to Tony Finau. Uh, it feels right for the last uh, event of the year that we go with somebody we talk about quite frequently. Uh, shout out to Kyle Schwarber. Shout out to the Wawa. We're going Hoagie Fest on this, John. Give me Tom Hoagie for the dub. I'm joining you. Tom. Let's go. Tom Hoagie. It's Hoagie Fest. You know when the expert picks Tom Hoagie, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh my God, my bet's so good. Let's oh, go. I, the second I saw these odds, I said, Tom fucking Hoagie, I'm taking you to the bank. Oh my God. Plus 2,000? That's delicious. Dude, 2,800. Even better now. Love it. Or... Sorry, I, I heard a noise. I think it's my girlfriend in the bathroom. Um, I could have swore I heard like like, like sobbing, <laughs> which I don't know what's happening. It's like one thirty in the afternoon. Um, I got in on him at plus twenty eight hundred, so I'm like I'm over the moon right now. Uh, Tom Hoagie, top five in every in every statistical measure. He's the third highest ranked player in the field this week. I threw the money on him to give you an idea of all the players who won um, this this fall swing. Max Homa was 18 to 1. Hughes was 100 to 1. Tom Kim was 25 to 1. Bradley was 30 to 1. Malcolm was 7 to 1. Powers 20 to 1. Henley 35 to 1. And Finau 16 to 1. On average, that means you would have been 28 to 1 to win. What's Tom Hoagie? 28 to 1 to win. It sounds like the law of averages and Murphy's law is pushing me over the finish line. Tom Hoagie is going to win. And if we lock this in, I'm going to go freaking AWOL. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. Huge. We're, we're going to tweet at Wawa about that one. Please. Final thoughts, KB. Anything you want to talk talk to the kids about before we go home? Uh, I want to give a shout-out for Ferda Brand. Uh, this past week at the Houston Open, we did have somebody get in the hole. Ryan Armour uh, made a hole-in-one at number 7, 169-yard par 3. Nice uh, during the third round. It's the second ace of his PGA Tour career and the first since 2020 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I feel like every week, Steve, on this show, since it is the namesake, we should be highlighting our our pure aces. We should be, actually. The ace cam is live, as they say, uh, at all times. I, I have two things I want to shout out. Um, an article that was released, actually, about an hour and a half ago from Mark Schlaubach from ESPN uh, Rory McIlroy said to Greg Norman, um, hold on, let me get the quote right. He said that, to, he said he said about, about Greg Norman, the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Feud need adults, and the PGA Tour has plenty. Wow. <coughs> Rory's 20 years younger than Greg Norman, and to say that, and to say he's more of an adult than Greg is, is like, Speaking mountains. Can can um, I reference uh since we're both musical theater people? I just want to be in the room where that happened. 
I went to a Halloween party and uh, it was next door to the final resting place of Alexander Hamilton. And um, the one thing that was on the on the invitation was, oh, you get to hang out with the ghost of of, of, of Alexander. That's Hamilton. pretty fucking cool. D- d- don't you dare sing any uh, any tunes though. Um, my final shout out though goes to Steve Alker, who won the Charles Schwab Championship in the Champions Tour. Took out Bernard Langer, took out BJ Singh, took out took out the whole crew. He was a journeyman golfer for a long time in his career, and he finally made he like he he wasn't a household name until he got to the Champions Tour, won a bunch of times, got his first title at 54. Uh, and then finally, my, my only other thing, welcome back to golf, Tiger Woods. <laughs> welcome back, baby. I'm the return of the Mac. He's the return of the cat. Good night, everybody. Enjoy, enjoy your week. Let's oh, go. Man. From the Get in the Hole podcast, Steve McAvoy, KB. Let's go. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time, and remember, Get in the Hole!